Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. You know, the, the one thing that happens during this time of year, there's a lot of speculation and things that things are happening that not are not accurate. As I said, uh, from the, from the longtime Travis Goff and Chancellor Durrod have treated Kelly and I extremely well in our family, um, and it is our plan and expectation that we want to be here, and this is going to be the last job that we have. So, hey everybody, this is Randy Withers, and that was Lance Leipold opening the latest pregame edition of the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com with the words every Kansas football fan has been waiting to hear. You heard it recorded straight from Hawk Talk. Lance Leipold saying he plans that his job leading Kansas football will be the last of his coaching career. Exactly what everybody wanted to hear on Wednesday night. Folks, buckle up because this edition of the Inside Slant is absolutely loaded. We've got tons of Kansas basketball to talk about, Kansas football, recruiting news, and some really great special guests lined up for tonight. We're going to get a closer look at the Jayhawks matchup with Texas Tech this weekend with Justin Apodaca from Red Raider Sports. We'll also hear from the future of the Kansas defense in pass rushers, Deshaun Warner and Dak Brinkley. Before we wait any longer, let me go ahead and bring in the man who went from 0-60 covering the, excuse me, I'm going to say that again, 3-2-1. Not going to delay any longer. Let's bring in the man who went from 0-60 to covering the start of Kansas basketball season, then signing day, then Bill Self's lifetime contract, Let's let him have a second to catch his breath. Shay Wildeboer. Shay, how are you doing tonight? What's up, buddy? How are you guys doing, man? Man, you must be exhausted after all the news you've had to cover lately. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but, you know, life could be worse. Speaking of that, Lance Leipold, you know what? He's kind of a quiet stud. You know, no I, I saw him. He he is a really cool guy. You know, I saw him. He was at, uh, in 2022, the year KU won it all. He, he was in Chicago. And I spent a few minutes with him just talking to him. And then again, I saw him at a golf outing this summer uh, with Coach Elf. And he's just hes just a cool dude. He just gets it. He's just yeah. one of those guys that, um, I don't know, man, I really like him. And, and, I, and I think it's great for the university that they found a guy. And, um, you know, they're having the success they're having. And he's just, he's a cool dude, man. I really like him. He is a ball coach to his core, no yeah. doubt about it. Let's go ahead and bring in a man on the Kansas football beat been covering everything about Lance Leipold since the actually since he predicted that he would be the next head coach of the University of Kansas publisher of Jayhawk Slant the man on the Kansas football beat my man John Kirby Kirby how you doing tonight good fellas what's going on and 
what isn't going on right now? We talked about it last week. It's the sports equinox, and things have actually gotten crazier, it feels like. It is, isn't it? We're in that, like, six, I don't know what, six to eight-week window where college football and college basketball collide right through the end of the college football season, and then you got the bowl season, and this is that we talked about it on the last podcast, Randy. This is a fun time of year. No question. And, and you know, with all the talk, we've had so many threads on the boards and people asking about Lance Leipold. What's going to happen? Is it time for him to get another raise? Is he good? Is he interested in Michigan State? Somebody saying today, oh, he interviewed with Michigan State. And for him to come out tonight on Hawk Talk and just squash all of that. I mean, it's it's. It's about as good as it gets. Before we go any further with that, you know what? Let's go ahead. We're going to kick it over to Shea. We've been waiting for Shea to get back with us with everything that's going on with Kansas basketball right now. Shea, let's just go right into the big news on Tuesday. Bill Self's new contract. Give me your take on, on just what this means to the Kansas basketball program and to Bill Self. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's huge. You know, they, Coach Self said today when they asked him that, uh, you know, they they started talking about this at the end of the season. And and here's the thing, Randy, and, and this is why I think this is important for a number of reasons. You know, he had the health scare. And, uh-huh. and I can remember when that happened. My thought was, is how is this going to affect him short term? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, he's got wife, he's got kids, he's got grandkids. I mean, um, my thinking was, is there going to be a conversation with those close to him that, hey, maybe it's time to step away? And then if that conversation happens, you start looking at where do you go, who's in line, who's up next. And so, uh, you know, I, I think today with, with, with the decision of the NCAA, obviously, um, you know, with, with Bill looking as good as he's ever looked, I think today means that Bill is going to be around for an extended period of time. And I think that's great news for the, the basketball program. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has won at an amazing clip has won conference championships, national championships. Um, you know, the, the, the cloud is over. Um, they can get back to recruiting the guys that they've typically recruited um, at Kansas. And it means he's sticking around. And I think to me, that was the biggest question. You know, how long is he going to, how long is he going to coach? You know, he said today in his, his press conference, you know, he, he doesn't anticipate coaching another 23 years, but he's got some years left in him. I mean, he's got a chance to, um, to you know, to win some more titles, to, to st- stack up some wins, maybe make a run at Coach K. Um, so, yeah, I think when you look at the foundation of not only the football, basketball program, but football program, and I think I don't know if there's another institution that has managed to find two guys that are doing it as well as they are right now than Kansas. And I just, you know, it's the future at Kansas is set. And I think that's the most important thing you could ask for. You know, you talk about the future and and that's a perfect segue. Today was National Signing Day, which is all about the future of the Kansas basketball program. Give me your thoughts on the newest additions and and tell me where where you think this cat this class stacks up with the rest of the nation. Yeah, it was not, it was it was a quiet it was a quiet signing day. Everybody, um, Flory Badunga will sign tomorrow. Uh, LeBaron Fallon signed today. Uh, Rakeese Passmore signed today. Um, you know, I, I think it's a top five class. Any, anytime you can add the number one ranked center in America, um, and you know, a, two, a, a, a four star uh, combo guard and a four, four star small forward, um, guys that were highly recruited, um, highly ranked. I, I think it's a huge day. Uh, to me. The thing you had to get was a center. You had to get a guy that has the potential to be an immediate impact guy. You know, I'm not saying 
that Hunter is leaving for sure because I could see him coming back. But if he doesn't come back, you got to find somebody to, to plug in and fill that spot. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Floyd's the guy, 6'9", 220, can run up and down the court. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the range that Hunter does, but he can block shots, rebound, um, extremely athletic. So, so yeah, I think that was a major, major need, and, and they couldn't have gotten a better guy in the class in terms of the center position than Flory. So, big day. You know, I, I don't think they're done. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they see or if they bring in a guy that we haven't heard of yet in December, maybe somebody overseas. Um, but, but to get three guys that you really wanted – um, get them locked up and signed. I think it's a huge day for Kansas basketball. No, no you know, doubt you, about it. You mentioned Hunter Dickinson, and the next time we talk, we will have seen he and the Jayhawks in their first real test of the season after facing off against the University of Kentucky. What do you hope to see from from this program in in what is arguably one of the biggest matchups of the early season? Yeah, I mean, just just play your game. You know, don't let the highs get too high as the lows get too low. I mean, it's it's nationally televised game. It gets no bigger. Kansas, Kentucky, the top two winningest programs in all of college basketball. Yeah, j- just play your game. You know, don't, um, you know, don't overthink, you know, don't get out of your comfort zone. Don't try to be the man. Don't try to, um, you know, don't try to lead if that's not your strength. You know, just, just play your game. If Kansas goes out there and plays the way Kansas can play, as we saw the other night, very few teams are going to be able to run with them. Now, they're not going to hit 13 of 23 threes every night. But when you've got an inside presence like Hunter Dickinson, when you've got guys around the perimeter that can shoot, when you've got a point guard that, that is a legitimate point guard and isn't worried about putting up shots and getting in the scores column, only worried about distributing the basketball and defending. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you, you listen, I was concerned, no doubt, the first two games. And maybe I shouldn't have been because it's exhibition. But I was thinking to myself, where are the shots going to come from? Um you know, if they struggle, how are they going to score? What's going to happen? You know, and if they don't score, can they make stops defensively? Um, and again, it's one game, so it's a small sample size. But there are guys on this team that can absolutely shoot the basketball. And if this team even hits half of those with what they have with Hunter and what they can do defensively, I think they're going to be in good shape. You, you know, it, you always want to walk away from that game with a W. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, really, aside from bragging rights and, and pride and all that, it, it really means nothing. Um so, yeah, so but I, I think they'll go out there and I think they'll be ready to play. Um, you know, I know Kentucky the last few years hasn't been the Kentucky that, that we know. Um, so I'm sure Coach Cal is going to want to come out and make a statement. But if, if, if Kansas is on top of their game, as we saw the other night, there's very few teams that are going to be able to run with those guys. That's our man, Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Shea, I appreciate you jumping on with us tonight. Look forward to going over everything after this first huge matchup with you next week. All right, you guys have a good night, man. Enjoy it. That's our man, Shea Wildeboer, on the Kansas men's basketball beat. Now we're going to switch gears to Kansas football and gear up for what some people might call a trap game in this matchup with Texas Tech. But it is the next one on the schedule, as Lance Leipold has said, and that's the most important one. You know, John, as we get into this, you know, last Saturday night, just a huge, huge win in Ames, Iowa. In, in a game that had a lot of momentum swings as the Jayhawks took down Iowa State. Yeah, Randy, it was, um, you, listen, anytime you go to Ames and win, you take it, right? I mean, oh yeah, they, they got off hot. You know, Lance Leipold said one of the things they needed to do going in was take the crowd out of the game. That's what they did. They got off mm-hmm. to the lead, and I mean, 
that place was quiet in the first half. I thought the defense was really good. Okay, I know so much of what Kansas, uh, so much of what we talk about with KU football is offense and Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels and the running backs and the exotic, you know, offenses that and the window dressing and the scheme that Andy Kotelnicki runs. But let me tell you something: the defense deserves a lot of credit from that yes, Iowa sir. State game because I mean they were taking the fight to Iowa State. So, you know, hey, then it started to change. Iowa State kind of got their feet under them, okay? They started to feel, they got a feel for the game. The quarterback started to find some holes in the zone, and then it got tight. But as you see this Kansas program build, Randy, you see the 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 touchdown where they run Bean, they run the fake option, he drops back, he hits him. Then the play action pass where he hits Jared Casey to seal the game. You know, these are just plays that you kind of feel are brewing with the Kansas football program that it's it's something that's going to keep going on. You just feel like this momentum that's building. So, you know, like I said, that is a tough place to play, and it's a great win. I thought Bean played very well. Um, you know, Iowa State took away the running game, okay? I mean, they really shut Neal and Hyshaw down. I thought this was the best game that the linebackers have played. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you my biggest takeaway in this game, the defensive line, which was supposed to be the biggest question mark going into the season, okay? They play without Devin Phillips and Tommy Dunn, who are probably their two highest-graded interior guys. They end up going with Gage Keys and Caleb Taylor and Keenan Caldwell and who am I missing? DJ Withers. I mean, these guys end up rotating in when their top two guys go out, and they played well. So, you know, it's just the sign of the program that guys are stepping up and, and, and you know, answering the call, and nobody would have thought that they would come through and play like that on the interior part of the line with two of their best guys out. So, hey, it's an impressive win. No doubt. I, I agree with you completely. You know, we've got another big one coming up on Saturday. You know, like I said, people with the K-State game looming on just the other side and Tech coming just after, like you said, a, a really strong performance in Ames. You know, people may start to look past Texas Tech a little bit. Before we get into our predictions, we're going to have a really, really good look at the Red Raiders from Justin Apodaca from Red Raider Sports, who talked with Kirby earlier today. The Jayhawks are set to face Texas Tech, and we are joined by Justin Apodaca from RedRaiderSports.com. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? Well, I think we'll have an interesting game this coming Saturday. You know, Texas Tech has battled injuries all season long. Just talk about how those injuries have affected the team in recent weeks. Oh, well, I, I know that you were reaching out to me at multiple points throughout the year asking me about how Tech was looking and the injury situation and all that stuff. But, man, it's been it's been a rough go for those guys. They've obviously lost their starting quarterback, Tyler Shuck, to the broken, I think it was Fibula in Morgantown back in September. Um, they also... Their backup quarterback, Baron Morton, who's been the starter ever since, got dinged up in that game, and it ended up being a grade three AC sprain in, in his throwing shoulder. So he's been really out and not fully healthy ever since then. So they've kind of they kind of played the entire month of October with the backup true freshman Jake Strong and a 
50% of Baron Morton. So it's been a very, very rough go, but Morton was very as close to 100% as he's been since then against TCU, and obviously he'll probably be even closer this weekend in, in Lawrence. You know, I heard Joey McGuire say yesterday in his press conference that, you know, they're a much healthier team or they're getting healthy. How, just how much difference does it make getting some of the guys back for this team and talk about who are some of the key, other key guys coming back that, have, that are back into action over the last few games? Well, the biggest one is Jacob Rodriguez, the linebacker. He um, he broke his foot in Laramie on opening night. Um, and ever since, they've kind of been rotating in at linebacker with some true freshmen and some guys that are, you know, they're, they're trying to redshirt and they're trying to get him some reps. So it's been kind of interesting to see the younger guys play. But Jacob Rodriguez came back um, last week against TCU and played pretty well. He didn't play a ton of snaps. And they rotate four guys at Mike and Will. So you'll see Jacob, Josiah Pierre, and Ben Roberts and Bryce Ramirez all in that Mike and Will spot. And they're final, that's probably their best four in that area. And it's been, it was very noticeable this weekend. And I think that's obviously the biggest guy to come back and they're kind of expect so they're the two that are going to be missing this weekend is the starting left guard Cole Spencer and the tight end Mason Tharp they I think he's like 69 tight end so those two are going to be missing but you're getting Jacoby Jackson the left guard who's been who's a highly tattered recruit in his recruiting class I think it was 2021 and um you got Baylor Cup who's going to take the majority of the tight end reps that was pretty much a 50-50 split come into the year for those guys you know talk about what it means getting Morton back at the quarterback and then go into the offense a little bit what do they want to do offensively and who are some of the other players to watch so Morton really was able to finally hit the deep ball this weekend or the Thursday night I guess I should say um he hit, he hit the deep ball to Dre McCray for the touchdown it's one I would go watch if you have the chance um, he hit that, I think it was a 60 yard ball, threw it for 50 yards and it was on a dime. It was a little underthrown, but it was Dre McCray birthed the dude. He's kind of the one that I have thought was going to be a bigger impact all year. Just the speed and the ability to make guys miss. But right now this offense rolls through Taj Brooks. It's the Taj Brooks show and there is not really much else that you're going to see on I guess like first second down you're gonna see them try and get three four yards early downs and if you gotta throw the ball you gotta throw the ball it seems like obviously they're pretty balanced but Taj Brooks has been the best player on this team and it's not really that close all right so moving over to the defense you know what kind of scheme does Tim DeRuiter want to run and who are some of the players to watch there so they run the a four two five, and they call their their slot corner the star position. And before I jump into what they kind of do, they they moved um, their boundary safety or your strong safety, I guess you could say, in a traditional offense or defense. Uh, his name is Tyler Owens. He's transferred from Texas a few years ago. They moved him down to that slot corner. And the slot corner moved to boundary safety. His name's CJ Baskerville, San Diego State transfer this year. And they both seem to improve upon what they were doing before at their new positions. Baskerville's a little bit better of a tackler, and Owens has 
I guess, more closing speed. So he was a little closer to the line of scrimmage and was able to make a, a really, really nice tackle in the backfield against TCU. But the other thing outside of those two, you got two really, really old defensive tackles in Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford. And those guys are going to be – they're the heart and soul of this defense. They're, they get home they, – they pressure the quarterback. This defense has had a little bit of trouble getting home this season. And I think that kind of speaks to losing Tyree Wilson to the draft last season and kind of not being able to replace that kind of guy on such short notice. They tried to do it with Steve Linton, the Syracuse transfer, but he's not been healthy, A, and B, not as effective as some would hope. Um, behind those guys, you got a true freshman, Dylan Spencer, off the edge, who has really, really flashed in the last few weeks. And I already mentioned the linebackers, but those are probably also some of your better players on the defensive side of the ball. Well, it's a big game for both teams. Obviously, Texas Tech's trying to get bowl eligible. I mean, how do you see this matchup, and maybe how do you think this one plays out on Saturday? I have trouble expecting Tech to slow down the Jayhawks' explosive plays. That's something that's bit them ever since Tim Deruder took over, and the Jayhawks are some of the best at being able to create that explosive play with all the motioning stuff that they do and creating chaos on the defensive side of the ball. And it's just, it's very interesting to watch. I That offense is pretty fascinating to me, and it's going to be very interesting to see how Tim Derrida handles it. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Tech offense can keep up with those guys if they end up do getting into some sort of a shootout this weekend. I think that's kind of how I see that game. But, man, Bean is such a fast runner, and Devin Neal is, is also such a strong runner that it's it's going to be tough because I think that Tyler Owens, the guy who moved down to the to the slot corner position, is probably the only guy on the defense that can run with him. And it's going to be tough. I think it's obviously a big one for both. Kansas is hoping for a shot at Arlington, and Tech needs two of three. And you always knew that after you, after you lost in Provo that it was going to be a tough tough road to get to where you are now. And you got to go win either in Lawrence or in Austin in two weeks. So, Well, Justin, as always, great information. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Of course, anytime. You know, J.K., listening to Justin and studying this game, you get the feeling this could be a tight one. What do you, what do you see happening as you look ahead to Saturday? Well, Randy, offensively, Texas Tech does what is KU's traditionally in recent years, their Achilles heel, all right? I mean, they spread the field, they go fast, they go up tempo, they make you tackle in space. Their running back, Taj Brooks, is legit. I mean, I looked him up the other night because I was watching him run, and he was running over guys, and then I'm, I watched him, and he was putting some moves on guys and going east and west, and I go, how big is this guy? Because he's physical, but he's got a little wiggle to him, and I'm pretty certain when I looked him up, he was 235 pounds. So, I mean, he's a load. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went back and I watched the BYU game when Texas Tech went to BYU. All right. And Texas Tech went out there with their freshman quarterback. They were on their third string quarterback. And there was a span there when he was the quarterback. They had eight turnovers in two games. 
All right. They struggled. Oh. Yeah, they, they hit a point here. Well, now they've got Baron Morton back at quarterback. All right. And he, he is going, he gives them a different look. He gives them a little bit more experience. He takes care of the ball. He's more of a game manager. Moving over the defensive side, same thing. They mix up the looks. Tim DeRuiter is a very well thought of defensive coordinator throughout the country. I know people that know him that say he's a very good defensive mind. They remind me a little bit defensively of Iowa State. Okay. They've got some big, strong linebackers. They get after it a little bit up front. I, they are not as well schemed. Now, the guy at Iowa State has been coaching that defense for a long time, and they know where they're supposed to be. DeRuiter's in just year two. I thought their linebackers have looked pretty good. This is a big game for Texas Tech. I mean, they've got to get to six wins, and they end the season with Texas. So, I mean, they're looking at KU, and they're looking at Central Florida. These are, <laughs> these are big games for them. But, Randy, I just think that being at home and the way this season has gone, I kind of get some 2007 vibes a little bit with this season. They just keep finding ways to win. They're building confidence. I remember back in 2007, every week it was, okay, is this the week they're going to lose? Is this mm-hmm. the week they're going to lose? Okay, and I get it. They've got a couple losses. They aren't undefeated like they were in 2007, but there's been games where you're like, yeah, this, this is going to be a tough one, and they find a way to win. They go back and, hey, here's another tough one, and they find a way to win. You know, I think Texas Tech, is probably every bit as talented, maybe even slightly more than KU. But they don't have the experience. They don't have the momentum. The game's in the booth. The KU coaches will have the right scheme, the right plans like we've seen. They'll come up with the big plays. I think KU's going to be better in the run game. I think Devin Neal and Highshaw will get some yards. I think the Jayhawks can chew the clock, keep that Texas Tech offense off the field. I'm going with another Jayhawks win. KU 34, Texas Tech 27. Give me yours. I it's it's funny because you know we talk we always talk about our numbers are pretty close. I think this one we see it about the same way. Um, I feel like Kansas gets this win. I feel like they kind of control this game against Texas Tech. Red Raiders are going to score their points, though. I think this one, I see it 38-24, Kansas. Um, Real similar to the way that you're seeing this game play out. I think that the Kansas defense is going to continue to do what we have seen them do throughout the season, which, you know, they're they're getting better in my opinion still week to week but the thing that they do is they really seem to be rising to the occasion this is a big play opportunistic defense that forces turnovers they get after you they force you into mistakes with maybe you know they're going to they're going to give up yards but then they're going to make big plays. And and I think that's that's what we're going to see more of from Ryan Borland's group on Saturday in Memorial Stadium against the Red Raiders. You know, the Jayhawks have commitments from two talented pass rushers in the 2024 class into Sean Warner and Dak Brinkley. And they are now, we're going to have both of them join us on the show. First off, here's Deshaun Warner. 
defensive end from Desert Edge High School in Arizona. We are joined by Deshaun Warner, who every Kansas fan out there listening knows about. Highly recruited, highly rated defensive end from Desert Edge. Deshaun, how you doing? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I hope I'm. I know I'm getting you out of weight class. So hopefully, Coach Carter doesn't get mad at me. Hey. Tell me about the Oklahoma game, Deshaun. Did you have a chance to watch that? What'd you think? For sure, I watched. I was able to watch it and keep track of it. Um, definitely, I'm definitely happy with the outcome. But I think it's more of a. I knew. I knew uh, we were capable of it. But I'm just glad the world's finally realizing what, uh, what, how special the program is really turning in. What we got going on. You know, when you see a game like that, right, that has all the national implications, you've got the Fox Studios there, it's on the national broadcast, how big of a win can that be for recruiting and tell recruits, you know, the, the, the significance of that win? It's definitely big because I feel like when the guys see, when guys are starting to compare, I feel like it's easier to compare KU to with the schools that have been powerhouses in the past um, and I feel like we're definitely competing. Like if you've seen people have been dropping their top four or top five or whatever it is, and we're in that list with all the other SEC schools. So I feel like it's definitely big because we're getting a big win over that big school, over that big school um, that has been a powerhouse for the past, I don't know how many years. You know, I know Tuesday nights, the, the coaches like to make a lot of phone calls. I know they've been staying in touch with you. Just talk about, you know, your conversations and staying in touch with Coach Peterson and Coach Leipold and the guys on the staff. It's been it's been great. I feel like, if anything, after I committed, it took uh, went up a notch. Cause they, I feel like those guys have been texting me or calling me at least every other day to make sure our relationship is strong. It gets stronger each time we talk, and I feel like I really connect with those guys. You know, I think everybody's paid attention to your social media and what's going on in recruiting. I mean, it's got to be pretty cool for you. I mean, you got offers coming in for major programs all over. Just talk about what that's been like. Um, that's definitely been a blessing. I feel like um, I've seen it coming, though, because of how much work I've been putting in. So it's definitely, I feel like it's a testimony to how much work I've been putting in. And yeah. You know, I talked to, uh, when I talked to Coach Carter, he said you guys might have some big news with the Desert Edge guys possibly coming up for the Kansas State game. Tell me about that. Facts. Um, we're, yeah, we're, everything's still in the working, but I know we definitely, that's definitely our goal to get up there with the K State for the K State game and be able to see our guys play in live action. Are you looking forward to possibly getting back to Lawrence again and seeing everything? Tell me about that. For, for sure. I miss. I miss it back up there. Um, definitely wanted to get out there and feel the cold weather with the guys uh, and be around the coaches and the players again. And you know, Deshaun, my last question for you, the Big 12 just released their schedule for the future, right? And Kansas, obviously, is going to now play the Arizona schools. They're going to be traveling to Arizona to play some of the schools. How big is that for guys like you and then other recruits in your area to know that a place like Kansas is now almost closer to their home for them. That's big because I feel like playing in front of family at the college level is a dream and a goal that a lot of people have. So to have that opportunity is big. Um, yeah, play play in front of old coaches, old teammates, family members is definitely big. 
Deshaun, that's great stuff. Thank you very much for joining us, and I, I hope to uh, see you at the Kansas State game and definitely connect with you after that and tell everybody how it all went. Yes, sir. All right, Deshaun, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. John, I know KU fans love to hear that Warner plans to visit for the Kansas State game. Everybody's got to be excited about that one. Next up, let's talk with our other recruiting guest, Dak Brinkley. We are going to stay with the theme of talking about the future of the defensive ends on the show. Our next guest is four-star defensive end Dak Brinkley from Katy High School. Dak, how you doing, man? I'm doing very fine. Just working, working to get back right to 100%. You know, I know you and I have been communicating. And, you know, just tell us about your injury and just talk about what have you been doing with the trainers and everything to get back. Right now, I'm working on running in a straight line, getting my knee back healed. Like I said, working to get back to 100%. But everything is going pretty well, fast-paced. And by the time I get there in January, I should be able to continue my swing. I'm curious, have you been following the program and watching some of their games and seeing them get off to that 7-2 and two start? Yes, sir, for sure. I got to watch the games. Uh, but, you know, I, from even from the offseason, Coach Leipold, he, uh, he told me that programs on the up, upbringing, uprise, and you know, that's that was a factor of me committing as well. So I like what I'm saying. I'm just ready to contribute and do what I can do. So, hey, just talk about Coach Peterson and the bond you guys have built. And I know he was probably one of the big reasons you, you committed to Kansas. Yes, sir. Coach Peterson, uh, he has a big mentor type of bond, uh, big brother type of bond towards me. But at the same time, he's still a coach, so. Very respectable guy, and what 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 amazes me with him is he always keeps it 100 with you, and that's pretty much the whole KU coaching staff. They keep it 100 with you, man. So with that with that type of relationship with those guys, it just makes everything 10 times better. And Dak, who else do you talk to frequently from the staff? I talk to Coach Leipold and uh, Coach O. Those 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 three are pretty much who I talk to. But I, I get around the whole staff. I talk to the whole staff every once in a while, but Coach O, Coach Leipold, and Coach Peterson are the main ones. You know, I know Coach Peterson was a big reason you committed, but what's, what were some of the other reasons you decided to choose Kansas? Because you committed early, and being yeah. ranked where you are and the offers that you are, you could have gone to several other schools. So what was it about Kansas? Like I said, like I told everyone else, it was a, it was the love that I got from Kansas from the from the start to the end. You know, they kept it 100 with me. Like I said, when you, when you have a relationship like that, it's rare. So that was a big part of my recruitment. And I know you told me, and then you mentioned it on the podcast here. You know, your plans to get in Lawrence in January. Just tell me about that, and also how that's going to help you get a head start on learning. Yes, sir. Uh, I plan in coming on early in the spring, being an early enrollee. But you know, what comes with being an early enrollee, you get uh, a head start on learning the playbook, uh, bonding with the team, you know, bonding with the coaches. 
it just gives you a big head start in the program. And what I look forward to learning is the team chemistry and the atmosphere, the fans as well, and then what I can bring to the team. All right, everybody, that is Dak Brinkley, the four-star defensive end from Katy High School. He plans to sign with the Jayhawks in December and then enroll in January. Dak, thank you very much for joining us, and good luck getting healthy. Thank you. John, those are two legit dudes that can run the edges and get after the quarterback. KU fans should be really, really excited about these two guys. They should be pumped, Randy. I mean, this is as good of a defensive duo, defensive end duo that I've seen. I've been covering recruiting since 1998, and I'm telling you, I don't remember two guys like this. I mean, they are explosive. They're both edge guys. They are athletic. They're, I love their motors. Very similar guys. I mean, listen, Deshaun Warner, man, he's picked up Michigan, Ohio State. He officially visited Texas. You know, Dak Brinkley had all kinds of offers, and he just he visited Kansas and shut it down. So the this is something that Kansas fans should definitely be excited about. Hey, you should definitely be excited about Dak Brinkley. Going to enroll in January, get in and get a head start. So Yes. Um, boy, I wouldn't trade these two DNs for many guys, I can tell you that. You know, let's close this thing out with more news from the recruiting trail. Give us some info on the latest players who this staff has been in touch with this week and any potential visitors that you know of that we might see on the sidelines this Saturday. Yeah, the list is changing for this Saturday. Um, it's changing by the hour. Right now, you know, Isaiah Marshall, KU's quarterback commit, will be in. Thomas Meyer, who's a talented tight end from Iowa, he's already been down. He'll be back. Uh, Jack Lang, an offensive lineman from Eureka, Missouri. They've offered him, and an interesting guy. This is this will be interesting. Dawson Merritt, a linebacker from Blue Valley High School, mm-hmm. and I mean he's picked up Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Washington, North Carolina State, and there's some others. There's some others I can't even remember. He's kind of a hot guy right now, so he'll be on campus. He does not have a KU offer, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the staff does with him on campus, and then. I expect some more names maybe to pop up. The big weekend, Randy, is Kansas State. And I'm telling you, I think it is going to be one of the most jam-packed unofficial visitor lists we've seen here in a long time. So the Kansas State game is going to be a big one. I think you're going to also see this weekend some preferred walk-on type players that that they're really looking at. I mean, Kansas is really hitting the preferred walk-on pretty Mm -hmm. hard right now. So, And then... You know, we always talk about the Tuesday night calls. So I I know they talked to a kid named Garrison Blank, an offensive lineman out in California. They talked to Raiden Vines Bright, a wide receiver out of Arizona. You know, our man Brock Heath, we we seem like we bring him up about once a week from Blue Valley Northwest. Yep. Uh, David McComb, the quarterback commit, had a great year this year down in Oklahoma. I know they talked to him. They talked to Isaiah Mosey from Lee Summit North, who – has them, you know, in, in his final list of schools. Uh, Jim Panagos is on a, a really talented corner down there named Jovarius Lundy down in Tampa, Florida. I know they talked to him on Tuesday. And then Malachi Kirby, n- not Kirby, Kirby. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a linebacker from Iowa. And, and I know they've been on him 
really hard. I mean, they are they are going after him. So those are just some of the phone calls they hit this week. But I expect a a solid list this week and a great list for Kansas State. When you you know looking ahead, just because you you kind of piqued my interest with your comments about that list for Kansas State, is it is it a list big list in regards to talent? Is it a big list in regards to numbers, or is it really both? I think it's going to be both, but I think it's going to be more talent than anything compared to what we've seen. And you got to remember this weekend, I believe Missouri plays at home, Kansas State plays at home. So recruits around here have more of an option. But that KUK State game, that's going to be bringing guys in. That is the final word from our man John Kirby, and that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We covered everything for you tonight. We previewed the Jayhawks matchup with Kentucky a little bit. We talked about National Signing Day and Bill Self's new contract to continue to lead the men's basketball program at the University of Kansas. Then we switched over. We talked about the big win last Saturday night against Iowa State. We previewed the matchup with Texas Tech. We had two monster defensive end commits on the podcast, special guests, and we looked ahead with tons of recruiting news for the next several weeks. For our man Shay Wildeboer, our man John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from jayhawkslant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from jayhawkslant.com.